My wife, Laura, and I recently took our two boys, Luke and Nathan, uh, to the movies. Actually, here at Regal Cinemas, where we worship. It's kind of cool that you worship in a movie theater. You can go to the movies here, too, as well. But uh, we went to see Call of the Wild, which is based upon Jack London's uh, historic novel. Uh, It's about uh, a a big dog named Buck. Uh, Harrison Ford's in that movie, and uh, it's a great movie. It's a great book. Uh, What we liked about it was very family-friendly, and it has a lot of life lessons in that. But again, it's about this huge dog named Buck. Uh, And he goes through uh, various owners in his life. And some of those owners uh, are kind to Buck and some of them are not so much. And so Buck has to listen to all kinds of voices that are telling him what to do. And some of those are, are, again, welcome voices. Some of them are not. Uh, Then Buck is taken, kind of kidnapped, taken up to Alaska. uh, And he has to serve as a sled dog for a while. And when he's up in Alaska, he hears other voices that he's never heard before. The voices of the wolves calling out. In the wild, thus the title of the book, the title of the uh, the movie, and uh, he he hears these voices, and it kind of taps into something primal inside of him. But again, very good movie, uh, and it's, it's awesome to see together as a family go see something that's good and fun. But when I was watching the movie, and afterwards, I was thinking a lot about the different voices that Buck had to hear and had to listen and kind of discern. And it got me to start to thinking about what are the voices that we hear in our lives as as human beings. Uh, And how do we discern which voices that we should be listening to? Because there are a lot of people, a lot of voices vying for our attention, whether that's at home or at work or in school or just out in the world in general. Uh, We get targeted messages on the Internet, on television, newspaper, all kinds of things. And so all these people are vying for our attention, trying to to get us to, to buy something or listen to them or to follow them. And so how do we begin to discern which voices are good and which voices are not good to listen to? And in the midst of all that noise, because I don't know about you, but I hear lots of noise a lot of times, how do we discern the voice of God in all of that? Because I think that God is speaking to us. I think God has always been speaking to us. And I'm guessing that you're here today or watching online or listening to our podcast because you're interested in hearing something from God. And so as we go about our lives, how do we begin to discern the voice of God amongst all the noise? And when we think we hear from God, how do we know that it's really God speaking and not just something that that we've made up or someone else has told us this is God speaking to you? How do we discern that it's truly the voice of God? As as we think in this season of Lent, the six weeks heading into Easter, uh, it's a time in the Christian year where we time to spend together reflecting about our relationship with God. How do we hear from God? How do we know that God's speaking and how can we make sure that it's God speaking to us? So if you've ever wondered that, if you've ever wrestled with that, if if that's something that you want, then you're in the right place today because we're going to try to figure out how we can discern how God speaks to us today. Uh, Theologians, people who study God, talk about God, all that kind of stuff, God talk, uh, talk about God's speaking to us with a word called revelation, that God reveals God's self to us. Uh, And theologians believe that there's really two basic kinds of revelation. There's general revelation, uh, which means what we learn of God from observing the world, right? God made the world. We can see God out in the creation, right? General God reveals himself to us in a general way through creation, right? Then there's special revelation, which means God's direct action to speak to us, right? God speaks directly to us, right? To us, to you, to me. God has a message for us that's pointed to us. So general revelation, we see God kind of out in the world. Special revelation, we see God or hear God speaking to us directly. Now let's think about 
what that really looks like in our lives. Let's start with general revelation, that we can see God out in the world that God created. In the Bible, it says very clearly that we can see God in nature, that nature reflects God because God is the creator of nature. And so we, we can see waterfalls and butterflies and sunsets and the Grand Canyon and the beach and the mountains and the stars in the sky and, and all that kind of stuff and just be moved to know that there is a creator God that is good and has done all of this. And so we, we can see God out in nature. I think another way that we can kind of see God in, through general revelation is through the arts. Because if you think about what the arts is, they, they kind of communicate the human condition. Right? And God created us, and God understands us. And so God gives us inspiration, I think, to inspire each other through music and through books and through movies and through drama, uh, through artwork. That in, in those creative moments, I think that we can see God at work. Uh, there have been a bunch of times where I've been reading something in a book or watching a movie or listening to a song or watching a play or looking at a piece of art where I, I just I, I see something that God has done and it inspires me. And I say, that would make a great message for a sermon. And, I, and it reminds me of this biblical passage, and, and that's how some of the sermons that I preach have, have come about, God working through that, or some of the sermon series that we do. And I think God does speak to us through the arts, and I think God also speaks to us by observing other people. There are people in my life that I, I see, and I just see God at work all over them, and they're such an inspiration to me, the things that they do, the things that they say, the things that they accomplish, the things that they contribute to uh, our community and to our world, human experience. I think we can see God among other people, and that inspires us, and that's God speaking to us as well. So there's like this general concept of revelation. God reveals God's self through everyday things. Another way of thinking about that theologically is the word sacramental, where we can experience God through ordinary things. Right? We can experience God, we can experience the holiness of God sacramentally through average, ordinary, everyday things. Jesus took a loaf of bread and he took a cup of wine. And he said, this is my body which will be broken for you and my blood which will be shed for you, right? And we encounter God through the ordinary things of bread and wine. When we come to follow faith and follow Jesus and confess our lives to Christ, then we use water, right? In the New Testament, people were immersed in the River Jordan, and they came back out, and it symbolized dying to our old ways and being reborn with God, washing away the dirt and the guilt and the shame and the sin of our lives, right? Taking an ordinary, average kind of thing, water, and giving us access to God through that, right? So general revelation is a really cool kind of thing. And so we can experience God in everyday, ordinary life. Uh, but then again, the question becomes, well, how do I know that I'm seeing God in this or am I just choosing to see something that's not there? Do I want to believe that something's there that I'm not, you know, it might not really be God. It might just be kind of making that up. So how do we know that the general revelation that we're receiving is really from God? That's where special revelation comes in. This is where God speaks to us directly. And special revelation serves as a filter. We can say, okay, God, you're speaking to me directly. Help me understand this general revelation stuff that's out there. And, and a primary way that we can receive uh, this, this special revelation, this, this intense God talking to us, is through the Holy Spirit. Right? The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, I'm going to send to you. Right? We believe in God, one God that comes to us in three persons, God the Creator, the Father, 
God the Redeemer, the Son, and, and God the Sustainer, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is that part of God that's with us in our lives and, and speaks to us and guides us. And so the Holy Spirit is talking to us all the time. If we, if we attune our eyes and our ears, then we can hear the Holy Spirit talking to us. And a lot of times, like in my experience, like it's like a whisper from the Holy Spirit or, or a thought comes to mind or something just pops into my head or into my heart. And, and, I, and I believe that that's God speaking to me. For some of us, God speaks to our conscience, our intuition, kind of gives us a nudge, right? There, there's these God moments in our lives, these God incidents, not a coincidence, but a God incidence. God, God makes something happen. After uh, giving the message in our first service this morning, I was shaking hands and greeting folks out in the lobby, and uh, this lady came up to me. She's like, Pastor Kyle, I had a God incidence at Goodwill this week, you know? And so she's like, the Holy Spirit spoke to me at Goodwill. I had another lady come up. She's like, Pastor Kyle, I know when the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. It's just crystal clear. It's, it, it, it's loud. It's clear, and right? We all all hear or can hear from the Holy Spirit in, in different ways, but it's, it's God speaking to us. And sometimes God speaks to someone else with a message for us. And maybe that comes across in a message like I'm, I'm speaking today, or maybe someone directly comes to you and says, I, I think God gave me something to share with you, and I, I want to give that to you. And right, so, so God can speak to us directly ourselves, or God can speak directly to us through other people. But then again, the question is, well, how do I know? How do I know that, that thought that popped into my head was God? How do I know that, that the person that came to me said, hey, I think God has a message for you. How do I know that, that, that it's really from God? It's not just their opinion and they're trying to make it valid by saying it's from God, right? How do, how do we know it's us or God or someone else or God, right? You know, we want to hear from the Holy Spirit. How do we know it's the Holy Spirit? How can we kind of test that? Right? In, in the New Testament, one of Jesus' 12 disciples named John wrote a letter to some Christians. It made it into the New Testament, and he talks about this. Check this out in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, right? everything that you hear that someone says is from God, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Right? We have to be discerning even of what we think is the Holy Spirit speaking to us or speaking to someone else. And so how do we do that? Well, the second thing, another way that we can, can kind of tap into special revelation uh, is through Scripture itself, the Word of God. Check this out. In, uh, in the book of Psalms in the Old Testament, we kind of tapped into Psalms last week. This is what the psalmist says about, about the Bible. Your Word, God, is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Right? If, if we want to be discerning to figure out whether what we're hearing in the world or not is from God, what we're hearing inside of ourselves is from God or not, the Bible can be a great test for that. That the Bible is, is the Word of God. It's a lamp for us. It's a light. It guides us. Right? The Bible shows us the way. I love this in the New Testament. Uh, the Apostle Paul, who in the first century started a lot of churches that, that uh, he writes letters to that made up most of the New Testament. He also wrote letters to individuals, and he wrote some letters to a guy named Timothy who was a Christian pastor, and he was a young guy, and uh, Paul was kind of mentoring him. And this is what Paul says to Timothy about the Holy Bible. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Uh, because you know those from whom you learned it. Timothy grew up in the faith. His family raised him in the faith, reading Scripture. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Right? The Bible shows us wisdom. It shows us how to be saved. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, 
and training in righteousness, right? So if we hear something, we can figure out, is this from God or not, right? It will, it will train us to recognize that. It will correct us if we're wrong, right? So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good word, right? All scripture, God breathed for useful teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God right, may be equipped for the work in the world, right? So the Bible right, is this special revelation. It's God talking to you and me directly, and it helps us kind of measure the other things that we hear in the world, right? I hear this from God. I hear this from someone else. It's from God. How does that stack up against Scripture, right? Scripture kind of is the, is the litmus test. It's kind of the lens, right? So as we think about that, that, that sounds encouraging, but what exactly is the Bible, right? We've got the book, right? How did it come together? What is the Bible all about, right? What is that, the, the Bible? So ultimately, I think that the easy answer is that it's God's revealed word. Right, that God spoke to people, humans like you and me, gave them something to write down, they wrote it down, and it got put together into the Word of God, into the Bible. And so it's about where we came from and where we're going and where we are now. It's about life, it's about death, it's about love, it's about hate, it's about good, it's about evil. Right? It's about our lives. Why are we here? What does God create us to do? What is our purpose? Why, why do we exist? What is life to the full? What is life eternal? Right? How do we deal with bad situations in life? Right? The Bible is about life itself, and it's about relationships with God, with each other. Right? It's the revealed word of God for us in the world. Right? And the Bible comes in two testaments. Right? There's the Old Testament that has 39 books. The New Testament has 27 books. Uh, and they were put together and what basically took about 1,400 years to put this thing together. Some of the writings in the Bible are thousands of years even older than that. But it came together. Right? The Old Testament is written mostly in Hebrew. The New Testament's written mostly in Greek. Uh, and so it's a library. There's poetry in there. There's history in there. There's laws in there. There's stories in there. Uh, there there's all kinds of neat things in there and, and different ways of reading it. So the 66 books, it's a kind of a library. It's God speaking to us through other people who captured this. Uh, and the scripture's alive. Even though it was written a long time ago, it still speaks to the human condition, still speaks to us today, and it's powerful. And it's a way that we can kind of determine how to hear from God in the world. Now, that might sound exciting. It might sound appealing to you. Uh, but maybe sometimes you're like me. You get into the Bible. You want to hear from God. You want to learn from God. You want to compare what's happening in your life to God. And you get in there, and it's some hard stuff. Right? Even in English, right? The Hebrew and Greek, you know, that's hard enough, but the English part's still hard for us to understand. Right? How are we supposed to make sense of the Bible? Because some of it's easier to understand than others. But, but, but for a lot of times, it seems like it's even too hard to start. I read that 87% of Americans own a Bible, which is awesome. It's great. Right? But only 35% of us read the Bible. And maybe because it's hard. It's hard for us to kind of grasp some of the things that are going on. So how are we supposed to understand the Bible? How do we study the Bible? How can we hear from God in the Scriptures? Right? How, do, how can we set ourselves up for success to hear from God in the Bible? I want to think through some practical steps that we all can do in our lives to better understand the Bible so that we can hear from God. Because I believe that's why we're here. We want to be in a relationship with God. We want to hear from God. We want to measure whether we're hearing from God or not in the world. So maybe the best place to start is, which version of the Bible should we start with? Because there are a lot of versions out there, the ESV, the KJV, the NRSV, the message, right? There, you can name all these letters and numbers, you know, and, and all day long. Like, so which Bible should I even begin to read out of? Which is the best one for me? Right? There, there's, there's two philosophies of translating the Bible. 
Uh, there's formal equivalence and dynamic equivalence, okay? Formal equivalence, the, the, the translators of the Hebrew and the Greek, they're like, we want to translate this as literally as possible. What does it say in Hebrew? We want to make it look like that in English. What does it say in the Greek? We want it to look like that in English, right? The sentence structure, everything. We want this to be as close to literal as possible. We want to understand what the writers were writing when they first wrote this, right? That's formal equivalence, right? The formal translation, right? Dynamic equivalence, dynamic translation is more like, hey, we just want this to be an understandable everyday English that we speak right now when we're translating this, right? We want people to be able to read this and understand it, whether the sentence structure is the same or not. We want the point to get across, right? So let's do that. So there's two different kind of modes of translation. So let's look at a, a few of these examples. So for formal equivalence, uh, we've got the Revised Standard Version. That's probably the best, really, Bible for formal equivalence. Now there's the New Revised Standard Version. They've kind of updated it some. Right? The King James Version uh, is an example of formal equivalence. So those are some of, the, some of your Bibles for formal equivalence. Now dynamic, let's just make it English. Let's make it understandable, right? We've got the New International Version, the English Standard Version, the Common English Bible, the Message, right? All the scriptures that we use usually in here, the NIV, the New International Version. The Message is a translation written by Eugene Peterson. He wanted it to read like a novel. He wants to read like a book. And so you, you just want to sit down and read the story of God, right? The Message is a great translation to do that. Uh, and so, so these are just different ways that we can choose a Bible that, that we're comfortable with that convey the Word of God to us. What's cool about Bibles is there's also study Bibles that exist, right, that explain things in the Bible that are just hard to understand, like when was this written? What did this passage mean in the first century? Uh, what, what, what's the meaning behind the Greek word or the Hebrew word? You know, we don't know Greek, we don't know Hebrew. Like, how does it relate to the rest of the Bible, right? So there are all these really cool study Bibles. You can get them online, you can, you can get the physical copies, and, and they have this extra information that help you understand what you're reading, which are very helpful. There's commentary in it, all that kind of stuff. Here's a list of some of the, the, the study Bibles that the staff and I think are really helpful. Uh, you can see there's study Bibles for, you know, all kinds of things, the CEB, the NIV, the ESV. One of the, the, the best ones on here is that NIV Life Application Bible. It, it explains what's going on in the Bible, but then it, it, it talks about how does this apply to my life? Right? What does it mean, all these sheep and shepherds? I'm not a sheep or a shepherd. What does that mean for me in my life today? And so that's a powerful Bible. There's the archaeological study Bible. If you're interested in like the, the, you know, what they dig up and they find in Israel and, and what it used to look like and all that kind of stuff. There's men's study Bibles, women's study Bibles, couple study Bibles. You can go through the Bible together, teen study Bibles, right? What's really cool is the study Bibles would kind of give us some extra help where we don't have to have a degree uh, in anything related to the Bible to understand. So I'd encourage you to, you know, check out some of these, get some samples on Amazon, go to the Barnes & Noble, whatever, look through them, find one that you think would be really cool and give it a shot. Then there's also uh, a bunch of apps that you can get for your phone or your tablet or your computer at home. Uh, one of the ones the staff and I think is really excellent is the YouVersion Study Bible put out by Life Church. It's a free resource. Uh, it's available on all platforms. Uh, and you get, there's a picture here up here on our screen. You, you can notice there's devotions that, that come with that. Uh, there's a, you can listen to it. You can have someone read the Bible to you. I was talking with Kevin about this, and he's like, yeah, I love reading it uh, and listening to it as well. A lot of people didn't know you can listen to the Bible. That's a great way to hear from God is have the Bible read to you. And so that's a really cool thing. So check out that app. There's different devotions and, and studies that are associated with this. Again, it's all free. It's really cool. So check that out. Also, if you're online and 
want some Bible study help, here's a great resource, BibleStudyTools.com. They have all kinds of things that can help you study the Bible. If you get stuck on a passage or something, you need some comments about that or whatever. Uh, you can click on different commentaries that are on there. Uh, one of them we've listed, Wesley's Explanatory Notes. John Wesley founded our denomination Methodism, and, and he, he wrote comments about what he thought the Bible meant. Like in Matthew, it says this. This is what I think it, it means. That's a neat place to start it if you want to look at a Methodist viewpoint of that. And then on there, there's a concordance. And that what this simply means is if you're interested in the Hebrew or the Greek words behind the English words, this tells you all about that. Like last Sunday, we talked about worship, that we have one word English that says worship. But in the New Testament, there were three different Greek words behind that meaning. And so what were those three different words for worship? What do they mean? And, and so these tools help us to study the Bible. So this is just scratching the surface, but it's a place for you to start. If you need some more help with that, staff are out. We'd love to help you be able to do that. But these are some resources. So we've picked out a Bible. We've got maybe a study Bible. We know some resources. We've got our app ready. Maybe we're listening to the Bible. How do we begin to make sense of it? Right? We've got our tools. How do we actually read a passage of the Bible and allow that to speak to our lives? Let me just give you an example uh, of something that works for me in my life, and it's going to be an easy acronym to remember, SOAP, right? Everybody's scared of the coronavirus. We want to wash our hands, get it all clean, all that kind of stuff. Well, we want to clean up our lives spiritually. Just remember the acronym SOAP. And by the way, please don't panic over the coronavirus, right? I wrote a, an article to the, to the church this week. I'm shaking hands and hugs out in the lobby, right? We want to be safe, but we don't want to live in fear either, right? So just, you know, trust God and be careful, all that good, good kind of stuff. But SOAP also does more than prevent the coronavirus. It helps us grow closer to God, right? So, when you have a piece of Scripture in front of you, uh, the S is for Scripture. Just read the passage of Scripture, right? Let's, let's read what it has to say. Then the O is observation. Go back, and, and what, what observations do you have? What words jump out at you? What, me, what phrases jump out at you? You know, mark in your Bible, underline, hey, this looks cool. I have no idea what this means. This makes me angry when I first read it, right? Who is this, or what does this have to do with anything, right? What are our observations, and then we go back to our tools. What does the study Bible say? What does the online stuff kind of help us make some sense of these things that, that jump out at us from the page? And then we want to try to apply it to our lives. Right? God wrote this not just for thousands of years ago. God wrote it to speak to us today. What does this passage of Scripture say for me today in my life right now? And then the final thing that we can do is pray. Right? Okay, so Lord... You know, I've just I've read this stuff. I've thought about it. Uh, I've studied it. I want to know what it means for me in my life. You know, God, please help me with this. And so we have a prayer thanking God for that. And then just be ready right, for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week. You're going to be surprised at how the Holy Spirit speaks to you and stuff that you've studied in the Scripture, stuff you studied about God is going to pop up in your life in ways that you can't imagine and you're going to hear from God. And it's really cool. All right, so... We've talked about it. Now, what I'd like to do, just very briefly, is to do this with you, like to, to practice this, to do the whole soap thing and see what it kind of looks like, kind of like when I sit down with God in my life, what does this look like? And so I don't want this just to be like an academic kind of uh, experience. I want it to be real, right? So let's, let's come to God with our hearts. And before we study Scripture, I think it's good to, to pray to God. So let's, let's just do this together. If you'll, if you'll just join me in just a, a moment of prayer. Dear God, we want to know you. We want to be in a relationship with you. We want to hear from you, God. And we'd like to understand the Bible. 
And sometimes it's tricky, God. So we're going to read a passage together right now. And we just, I just ask God as a pastor of this church, for those who are watching or listening, that you would speak to us. That you would speak to us as individuals. You would speak to us as families. You might speak to our small group. Lord, you'd speak to us as a congregation. What does this passage of Scripture that we're getting ready to study say for us right here in our lives right now? God, please speak to us. We are listening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Right, we're going to be... Uh, studying a short passage of Scripture from the Gospel of John. Gospel means the good news of Jesus. There's four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books, that talk about the life of Jesus. If you had a study Bible, it would tell you that. You don't have one with you, I'm your study Bible today, okay? So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be in John's Gospel. He's one of the 12 disciples, uh, and he's going to be writing uh, about creation and where we all come from and who was responsible for that, right? So we're in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, uh, check this out. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. May if you'll just leave that, that slide up. Right? So we've prayed. We've read the scripture. Now let's make some observations. Right? This is talking about the beginning, right? Possibly the beginning of time because it talks about creation, right? And so this is talking about where we all come from and who had a role to play in that. And then it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? And Word is capitalized. Why is Word capitalized? And, and why is God talking about the Word? Who is the Word? He was with God in the beginning, right? So the Word was, is, is a person, maybe, right? Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Who is the he that the word talks about? Well, I'll give you a, a secret. A lot of times in the Bible, the answer is Jesus, right? And so uh, this is the gospel. It's talking about the good news about Jesus. And so odds are this is probably about Jesus. If you've got your uh, study Bible, it's probably going to connect that, that God through John is talking about Jesus. Well, why is God calling Jesus the word? Why doesn't he just say Jesus? Why doesn't he say the son of God, right? Why, why does he say the word? And why is the word capitalized, right? What, what's going on with the word? Well, well, what are words? What do words do? Words convey communication, right? So maybe if Jesus is God's word, if God wants to communicate with us, then God uses Jesus to communicate. Jesus is the way that God speaks to us, right? Jesus is the word of God. It's the, it's the way that God speaks to us, right? What else do words do? Words are wisdom. If we want to find out the wisdom of God, if we want to get wisdom in our lives, maybe we should listen to the word of God, which is Jesus. Jesus is wisdom. If I need wisdom in my life, I need to tap into the word, which is the wisdom of God, right? The capital W is Jesus, the person, the God, Right? And then the, the little w would be the Word of God, right? the Bible. How do I find out about Jesus? One, I can talk to him directly through prayer. And secondly, I can read about him in the Gospels because that's what they're all about is about Jesus. Right? Another neat thing, if we think back into the book of Genesis, our study Bibles are probably going to point us back there. When God created, right? we're talking about God creating things, how did God create the world and the universe? He spoke it into being, didn't he? Right? God said, and it happened, right? And so that's a very powerful thing that God speaks through word. God creates through words, and Jesus is the creative word that helped create everything, right? The question is, well, how can Jesus be at the beginning of time when he didn't show up until the New Testament times in the first century, right? So this Jesus is more than just a man, 
Right? He, he's, he is God. He's the Son of God. He's God himself. He's always existed. Even before he appeared as a human, he's always been God. Right? So some powerful stuff here. And then it says that he came to give us life. Right? We all want to live life. We want to have a good life. And that he is the light of the world, and he shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Right? There's a lot of darkness in our world. There's a lot of things that we're scared about. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of evil in the world that's darkness. And if you're like me, man, I, I'm glad for some light to come and push that darkness away. Right? I want to find out who this Jesus is because in my life there's darkness. I have anger and I have fear and I have, I have uncertainty in my life. I need to see some illumination of that. I, I, I have bad things happen. I, there's evil inside of me that I need the light to kind of cast out from me. So I, I need to know this word of Jesus. I need Jesus to show me a way to live my life that has light in it, more light than darkness, right? I like the idea that darkness cannot overcome Jesus. I don't want to be overcome by the darkness, right? That's the application side of this, right? There, there's, there's real darkness in our world. We need Jesus. I want to hear from God. I want to be in a relationship with God. I want God's wisdom. And if I want God's wisdom, maybe I need to spend some time talking to Jesus directly, but also reading about him in the Gospels. I need wisdom. I need guidance. I need light in my life. I, I need to communicate with God, right? So you see how the application begins to display, right? So we've read the scripture. We've made some observations. We're really starting to see that in only five verses, right, some powerful things are happening. I could spend a whole sermon series on this, right? But we don't have time right now for that, right? And so, so now I would just ask that, that you would pray with me again. God, thank you for the gospel of John. Thank you, God, for letting us know that you want to speak to us. And the way that you chose to speak to us is through your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, that we can talk to you right now. Thank you, Jesus, that we're praying to you right now. And thank you that you've helped write this Bible, Lord. You've inspired it, that, that we can read more about Christ, especially in the Gospels. And God, we want to be wise. We want to live a life that is good. We want to live a life that is full. We, we want to hear from you. We want to speak to you, God. And we all have darkness in our lives. Right? God, we're scared. We have anger issues, Lord. We, we, we're uncertain. This coronavirus is freaking us all out. Lord, there's violence, right? We, we do things in our lives that we're ashamed of, we feel guilty about. Lord, our, our denomination might split in half in May through this general conference. We're not sure what's gonna come from that. God, we really need you like more than ever. And so help us, God, to dig in and spend time with you. And thank you for being willing, God, to speak to us through Christ and through the word. In your holy name we pray, amen. So that's how you do it, right? S-O-A-P. Another cool thing that you can do is, is then go talk to people, like in your family or in your small group to say, hey, I read this in scripture. This is what I think. What do you think about that? Right? And, and we learn more as we share with each other. Right? Two of the core values of our church, two of the three core values, one is transformation. Right? God meets us where we are and helps us become something more, something better. And relationships right, is a, a second core value. Right? We are transformed when we're in the word. Right? God transforms us. He meets us where we are and he helps us become something more, helps us become something better. Right? When we talk about that with our friends and our family and our small groups, like our relationships grow. We grow closer to each other. We grow closer to God, right? and it's a beautiful thing. Right? So what's the point? What's the big idea? What do we walk away from this today? Right? We're talking about being in the season of Lent and growing closer to God, spending time with Jesus, spending time with the Word. This is what I think God is saying to us today. 
We are with the Word when we are in the Word, okay? We are with Jesus, right? The capital W. Jesus is the Word of God. We are with the Word when we're in the Word, right? Small w, the Bible, right? We are with Jesus when we're digging in the Bible, right? We are with Jesus when we're studying our Bibles. We are with Jesus when we're doing that. We are with the Word when we're in the Word. Can you say that with me? We are with the Word when we are in the Word, and that's powerful. And it's awesome, right? And so what I invite you to do, like to, as an application to apply this kind of homework, if you will, uh, is to think of the image of washing your hands, okay? And I want you to imagine, you know, we've got two hands, five digits. Uh, my kids were telling me they're not all called fingers now. I'm not sure which one's not a finger. I'm just going to call them digits now. So we got five digits on one hand. What I invite you to do every day is to read five verses of the Bible. Right? Read five verses of the Bible. Probably a good place to start is in a gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Try to do five verses a day. Okay? I think that's doable, right? Five verses a day. And then work towards, work towards six verses, seven verses, work towards five chapters in the Bible a week. Right? Seven days in a week. Try to do five chapters in a week. So start with five verses of the Bible, right? Work your way up with a goal of trying to get to at least five chapters in your Bible. In a week, five verses a day, moving towards five chapters in a week with the goal, hopefully, of reading through at least one gospel every year. Okay, I want you to read through the other books in the Bible, absolutely, but the gospels are huge because that's the stories of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So try to go through at least one gospel in the year, five verses a, a day, moving towards five chapters in a week, hopefully reading through at least one gospel in a year, and to use the SOAP process, right? Scripture, observation, application, prayer, do that individually, do that as a group. If you do this, if you do this, I promise you, you will hear from God. You will hear from God in your life, and it will transform you for the better, for the good. You want to hear from God? Do this, and you will hear from God. I'm reading a, a devotional book that Pastor Lindsay uh, gave to me and gave to the staff because she's cool like that, and uh, I'm loving it. I'm, it's, it's my Lenten focus. There's 40 of uh, the days. There's 40 days in Lent, give or take, and so I'm doing one a day, and I was reading it uh, last week. Uh, one of the examples was the pastor who wrote this book said he and his wife went to China uh, where it's illegal to be a Christian, and they were smuggling in Bibles, which is dangerous. And they had the Bibles kind of hidden in a backpack. And uh, the pastor that they were taking them to, his entire congregation had just been arrested for being Christians. And he was just hungry for the Word of God. And so he said, when you come, don't use the word Bible, obviously. I'm going to ask you for the bread. Did you bring the bread? And they're like, yeah, we brought the bread, right? And so they give him a backpack full of Bibles. And like, he's like, this, this is what I've been waiting for. Risking their lives, risking his life, right? For what? Something we take for granted. We have on our shelf collecting dust, right? This is their life's, like, their lifeblood, right? They want to hear from God. They're living in darkness. They want some light shed in their, in their lives, and they're willing to risk their lives and risk going to jail because they need the Word of God. They want to be with the Word, right, when they're in the Word, and it's powerful. 
Laura and I really have tried to instill a love for the Bible in our boys, and we've got children's Bibles, we've got you know study Bibles for teens. Right? We're trying to get our boys you know anchored in the Word, and it just it warms my heart when they they pick up the Bible. Like Nathan will come in Saturday morning, he'll run and jump in bed with Laura and me, and I'm usually on my Bible on on my Kindle reading books, and sometimes a Bible, sometimes a novel, whatever it is, but I'm reading on the Kindle, and Nathan will come in, and we've got the children's Bible on the Kindle. He's like, Dad, uh, can I read uh, the, the Bible? on the kennel. I'm like, absolutely. I will interrupt whatever it is I'm reading. So you want to read the Bible on the Kindle? Absolutely. Let's go ahead and do that. Right? That's powerful. In my own life, right? when I feel the most stress and the most anxiety, when I feel the darkness most taking over from me, usually it's because I am not in the Word like I should be. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm in the Bible every week because I have to prepare a message for all of you on Sunday mornings. And most of the time, I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you. But I find out, again, when I'm most stressed, when I'm most anxious, when I'm most worried, when I'm, when I'm just, you know, on edge and I'm ready to snap, when, you know, at my kids or my wife or whatever, when, when they don't deserve it, right, it's because I'm not spending time in the Word, right, with the Word, in the Word, in my own devotional time. Right? God, what do you want me to do? God, I don't understand. God, what's going on? I don't know what to do. And I just stop and I'm like, you know what? I'm not spending time one-on-one with God as I should just me and God. And when I get back in the Word, right, things change, right? doesn't make everything better immediately or whatever, but my attitude and my heart and my spirit are completely transformed, right? So if you want to hear from God, if you want to be in a relationship with God, I, I promise you, you read the Bible, you go through the soap stuff, you talk about it with others, you pray to God. You do this, you will hear from God. We are with the Word when we are in the Word. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.